Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. It's it's gripe time. I'm I'm one of your hosts. My name is Joe. I'm Jen. Thanks for joining us on this what's gonna be Sunday evening. Yeah. Or possibly Monday. Hey, it's any time. Anytime's a good time to gripe, right? Yeah, uh, it's been uh, it's been a hell of a week uh, in in more ways than one. Um, I think we've both been pretty busy on some various things, and so we don't have the largest show planned for you, but we do have some things to go over, talk about uh, over the last week. Well, um, for our radio listeners, after after this week, we're going to be bringing you some fun, good music. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, before we get deep into it, of course, I need to let you know that uh, all of the thoughts, opinions, and blah, blah, blah expressed here on Radio Gripe do not reflect uh, KBSR as a whole. Uh, this is our show where we do what we want. There's plenty of other shows where they do what they want, and they're all pretty great. Um, in fact, we just got on some larger uh, internet radio directories. We got uh, GetMeRadio.com, which I think is great because it's like, Get Me Radio. Get me radio. Get me radio. And, uh, of course, the iTunes radio library. So, yeah, trying to just kind of, like, broaden that reach, uh, make sure that we're more available to people, and uh, we're seeing some good responses from that. That's dope. Other news, obviously, you know, we got the Black Sparrow uh, garage sale coming up. If you're a local here in Taylor, you're going to enjoy that. And uh, we're going to actually be doing a re-grand opening of the Sparrow as a venue uh, before too long, I hear. So. It'll be real nice. Um, I miss hanging out at the Sparrow. I miss it so much. Yeah. So I can't wait to get back in there and uh, have some beers and uh, deal with music that's uh, super loud, people that are super happy. and uh, Deal with the music and the people. Yeah. I'm ready for it. I went out to the bar, a, a different bar, a couple of days ago. And within five minutes, I was reminded why I don't like going out in the first place. <laughs> Just kind of waiting in line for people that can't make up their mind and everything else. But, uh, but yeah, it was fine. It was good to see a few people and, uh, and have a drink in a social setting. This is why we usually go to bars that offer two types of beer on tap. Mm-hmm. It's a real simple choice to make. Yeah, man. Once you got once you got 70 taps on the wall, you're kind of just asking for it. But anyhow, um, well, I wanted to... First off, I kind of wanted to do an update uh, last week on the show. Of course, we talked about uh, the state of New Mexico, great state of New Mexico, uh, ending qualified immunity, which was pretty interesting. Uh, and since then, they've also passed legislation, and they have become the 17th state in the nation to fully legalize the marijuana. <laughs> Bong rip fanfare. This is something that I'm even like, it, it made me think, damn. Why did I leave New Mexico? But honestly, if I would have stayed there, I probably would have ended up serving time and spending a lot of money or <laughs> over marijuana charges. Mm-hmm. So kind of dodged the bullet on that one. But yeah, I'm, I'm stoked for uh, my home state. So uh, they plan to have a regulated commercial market sometime next year. For now, they're enacting framework and the legislation to start expunging records and freeing some nonviolent offenders from prison. Uh, they're going to have a busy year prepping up for the market, though. There's a lot to be done, and there are hopes that the federal government will start taking the hint. State Representative Javier Martinez has said, I'm proud that little old New Mexico has done its part to tell the federal government once and for all to legalize cannabis for the people. Mm. Getting the feds to back up isn't going to be easy, though, uh, even with uh, old Joey Bag of Donuts in the Oval Office. Um, in fact, you know what? I think it's about time to give the fair treatment to the current administration. Uh, honeymoon's over, mm. you know. 
This is true. Yeah, and uh, we should acknowledge that at the end of the day, these are politicians that we're talking about. So you usually don't have to dig deep to find troublesome stuff with politicians. Uh, you know, we all know about uh, top cop Kamala Harris uh, making some bad moves as the Attorney General of California, uh, fighting federal supervision after Brown versus Plata, where it was found that California prisons were so overcrowded it led to cruel and unusual punishment. And uh, also in 2014, uh, she had argued against the early release of prisoners, citing the need for inmate firefighting labor. That one came out, and uh, she was criticized in the headlines, and then said, "Whoa, this memo came from my office, but I didn't make it," and tried to, you know, kind of distance uh, herself from that one. But also, that's an interesting story: is uh, California has an agreement uh, with their inmates that if you if you fight wildfires, uh, then they'll give you a little bit of extra money and help lobby to get you released earlier because you're doing a public service. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say fight firefighters? Yes, fight fire fighters. Fight, fight fires. Fight wildfires is, I think, what okay. I said. Okay, we're yeah. not talking about cage fights. No. Uh, or anything like that. Like Thunderdome-type situations. No, I imagine that we're... pitting the firefighters against the inmates. Right, no. What we're talking about now is still kind battle of... Battle to the death. What we're talking about now is still pretty late-stage capitalism nightmare, but we're not quite there yet. Uh, give it a few more years, probably. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! But let's also, outside of that, let's consider uh, that the president, Joe Buzzkill, spearheaded some of the legislation from the war on drugs back in the 80s and 90s uh, and came up with some stiff punitive measures that came with those laws, and that was partly to blame for the big rise in incarceration rates in the 90s. He's kind of argued against it and, you know, said that, no, no, it's not really tied into that. There were other factors, but, I mean, literally, it was in the legislation to allow for more incarceration over, you know, um, over drug arrests and nonviolent arrests. Uh, this is where he really started building his political career, and he wanted to establish himself as a law and order Democrat, trying to keep America safe. Uh, and he's not trying to backtrack on any of that right now. As it stands, he's accepting the idea of decriminalization, uh, but still opposed to the idea of legalization, saying more research needs done, particularly in regard to the gateway drug theory. So I'll tell you something about um, him being kind of old and out of touch, if he's still like thinking that, you know, it's a gateway drug, and once you start doing it, you're just going to have this like junky mentality, and you're going to start seeking out higher highs and, and things like that. Well, it's a gateway to the criminal justice system. That's the thing is that it's also, it's a, it's a gateway to criminals whenever you have it uh, outlawed. Mm. <laughs> that means that people are kind only, of forced to go into the black market. Only outlaws got weed. Yeah, you know. Um, so that's kind of a, it's, I feel like it's easy to draw that, draw lines between those things. When you tell somebody, you have to break the law to have this thing, you make them a criminal and you make them associate with criminals. And when you have somebody maybe who is a hardened criminal with no regard uh, to life and safety, they're just going to try to make a buck off anybody that comes into them. And so, they're out there selling that fentanyl-laced weed out on these streets. Yeah, shit like that. And so, uh, I mean, you know, obviously not everybody uh, in, in the world is like that, but I mean, you're, you're bound to find them. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to bring that up. Uh, the the nation as a whole is moving forward on marijuana legalization. You even got a lot of Republicans who are in support of it. Uh, Republicans who are flipping after seeing what it's doing for their state and, and uh, rise, uh, rise in tax revenue and everything else that's happening. And yeah, it's 
good to see. And uh, hopefully we won't have to wait too long for it to kind of come top down and, and make it just a, just another regular old thing. legislative takes it sounds like a natural segue uh to talk about the upcoming election um well there's a lot of uh no there's always elections local elections we've got one coming up here in may Mm -hmm. yeah uh, early voting uh starts uh, this monday april 19th and then the general election for taylor is going to be held on march 1st we are talking about district two and district three uh city council members Mm -hmm. um Mitch Drummond, of course, is the city council member for District 2. That is our district. That's our man. He is running unopposed. Uh, district 3, Brant Rydell. Uh, full disclosure, Mayor Rydell has just followed us on Instagram, so we cannot be unbiased in this matter, although we are not District 3 voters. I'm going to uh, Shout say, out yeah. to Mayor Rydell if you're we, listening. We, we are going to be biased. Um, you can buy our favor with Instagram follows. Uh, 100%. Right 100%. So yeah, literally everything I get um, getting from the local uh, Facebook group. Uh, looks like we've got Angela Belcher, who, from what I can tell, seems to be running on a pro open baseball fields platform. Yeah, uh, did throw hella shade at uh, someone on Facebook who sarcastically asked her if she was running to represent a city, district, or uh, fields. Um, but she seems nice, and props to her for working in hospice. Yeah, um, clearly, clearly influenced by the uh, big junior baseball lobby, though. Mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. yeah um we've got matt rector who seems uh like a very well-spoken and uh, uh skilled politician and that i don't know uh, fuck all about him you got to be careful with people that seem like skilled politicians when they've never held public office before yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so i yeah i don't know so uh, uh yeah again getting everything from the local facebook group right. but yeah. um I know that Mrs. Rector has given me some strong MAGA vibes uh, just based on oh, yeah. her defense of Capitol rioters and um, her anti-mask rants. Anti-mask. Yeah, I don't know. If this is slander, get at me. Uh, I'm just taking this from Facebook posts. Yeah. There's been a lot of drama on the Facebook locally uh, over all this lately. I will say with all due respect to Mayor Rydell... Our mayoral position in this town, from my understanding, is primarily to be PR liaison between the voters and the city council. It's not a position that comes with a lot of extra power beyond uh, being a city council representative. That's my it's understanding. Just one vote. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of the complaints that have been directed at Mayor Rydell on Facebook uh, might be a little bit misguided because he's not in a position to solve um yeah. Uh, any, any really of these complaints. Yeah, I think it's a little uninformed. From whether or not the police should be targeting uh, homeless people to whether or not 
uh, particular businesses should be open during pandemic restrictions that come down from the from honestly the fucking governor mm-hmm. um, up, up until recently, um, which I think it's been declared that we're now 100% open and 100% capacity. Well, and that's and that's still uh, one of, uh, part of the complaints here are, uh, as you mentioned, like these baseball fields, the tennis courts, the skate park. Uh, people have the made skate park. People have made open a the really skate park. big. To what the do. kids kick flip. Let yeah. Kids kick foot. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you, uh, Sorry. no, it's good. I love it. But yeah. And that's, uh, that's one of the big criticisms that's being brought against him. Uh, I guess not only as a mayor, but at, at the city council in general, uh, is the, the continued closing of uh, public parks, which I don't know. It can kind of make sense. I think it's time to consider opening up uh, public spaces like that again. But yeah, I mean, the, I don't feel fervor over it. You know, I don't, I don't really get angry about it. Of course, I don't have kids that I'm trying to boot out of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We cannot boot our kids out of this house. Unfortunately, we cannot send them to the park to play. No, that's not one of our kids in the background. That is that's, not one. No. That's the neighbor's kid that lives in the, <laughs> lives in the backyard. Um, while I'm not a district three voter, I am here for the drama that uh matt rector and his wife are bringing to yeah. local politics oh it's a hot mess uh look forward to more of that moving forward yeah i had uh seen a little bit in the uh, text thread that we have for the network uh people recommending that um some of the city council members uh who are tied to the network kind of come on to some shows and explain a little bit about what's going on because it is kind of hard to parse when you're just looking at a few Facebook posts, you know, some posts get deleted, but then there are comment posts on whatever it was that you'll see later. So Th- this small town is really have context. It's no different than most other small towns and that we do not have uh, some sort of hard hitting Washington post esque uh, no. journalism infrastructure here. I would that say does a uh, deep dive on, uh, all these type of issues. I would say you are currently listening to the best that this town has to offer when it comes to investigative journalism. I've, no, and also, I, I I'm certainly sorry. Hope, I certainly I'm sorry. hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry we're the best at this right now. <laughs> God. But yeah, in other news, uh, Austin is uh, Austin is going to be voting on Prop B. Uh, so this is an issue that has echoes beyond um, Travis County and mm-hmm. Austin proper. Uh, back in 2019, the Austin City Council voted 92 to allow public camping. Uh, passing Prop B would be a reversal of that position, uh, making public camping a criminal offense with citations also given for sitting or lying downtown or near the UT campus. You gotta be kidding me. And against panhandling at night. So in, in 2020, uh, there were around 1,500 unsheltered people in Austin. People are either sleeping on the streets in tents or in their cars. It looks like some I don't remember these stats, but some 70% of those people are from Austin or born in Austin. Mm -hmm. And then maybe another uh, 15% I think are just from within the state and another 15% come from out of state. So we've got two groups lobbying here on uh, proposition B. Um, You've got the save Austin now uh, sort of pack. They have wildly outspent, the anti-prop B group, Homes Not Handcuffs, uh, Save Austin Now, 
has raised uh, somewhere over three hundred thousand uh, dollars, or one hundred thousand of that came from uh, an investment firm. So they've taken some large donations on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Homes Not Handcuffs, uh, yeah, definitely wildly outspent, not supported by a lot of large financial interests. Definitely, the magnitude of Austin's housing crisis has been made very visible uh, since twenty nineteen, um, and you can hear griping about it. You know, even here on the local Facebook, uh, you know, page where you can see some uh, somewhat uncharitable and unchristian uh, attitudes mm. about people yeah. sleeping on the streets. But um, a group of the third class citizens to publicly live in the fucking Stone Age, uh, not really uh, a great solution, but it definitely makes the problem visible you'd think that at this point there would be demands for funding for public housing right funding spent to help address the underlying causes and issues of uh, homelessness and help people and instead the demands are prop b criminalize it right get them out get them out of here and weirdly impose impose fines on people who are panhandling for money they cannot possibly pay these fines yeah it's a little bit baffling like obviously there are real safety concerns not least of all you know sanitation and a couple weeks ago three fires broke out within 24 hours in three different homeless camps in austin miraculously no one was injured in any of the fires that's good but the fire department's historic buford fire tower in downtown austin took twelve thousand dollars worth of damage hmm now, warming fires and cooking fires can uh, get out of control. This has happened many times in Austin uh, prior to the Austin City Council decriminalizing sure. public camping. But the Buford Tower fire was an act of arson, apparently started intentionally by an old guy in a wheelchair for unknown, presumably chaotic neutral reasons. Uh, he built a structure of sticks and yeah. at the base of the tower and set it ablaze and then wheeled himself across the street to watch the fire spread. Hmm. Yeah, um... I feel like we've seen uh, over, I don't know, the last six months to a year, uh, more stories about uh, intentional arson uh, being set at uh, homeless camps around Austin. I had heard about one uh, last year, and we, I think, had already talked about two this year before bringing this up today. There were whisperings that it was a malicious act against the homeless camp by somebody who has ill will towards the unhoused, mm-hmm. um, at least with the Buford fire that appears maybe not to have been the case. Um, I don't know, it sounds like this guy has mental issues. Doesn't necessarily excuse it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, it's it's a, it's a horrible and shitty situation. And it's an act of compassion to allow public camping. It's not an act of compassion to allow it to continue. To say, okay, there's your solution. I mean, and these were my thoughts when I went to LA, uh, for the first time, like many years ago, because, you know, there's all this public camping in LA and yeah, within this County, there's great wealth and you know, great poverty. And I was like, how y'all live like this? Like, how are you, how are you cool with like, like a mile from some really like nice restaurants on Hollywood Boulevard, you have, you know, these, these vast shanty towns, you know, Hollywood Boulevard. Um, it's such a fucking bummer. Don't y'all want to, um, do something to improve your city and the quality of life for (laughs) so many of your residents. Right. Um, but then we find our, you know, we find ourselves in a similar situation uh, yeah. in Austin. Uh, I just, I've, I fail to see, obviously I'm not an Austin resident. I'm not uh, going to be, have the opportunity to vote against Prop B, but I, I fail to right. see how kicking people out 
with nowhere to go and imposing useless fucking fines on them uh, does yeah. anything to solve the problem. You know, when you think about the, the cost of, of herding 1,500 people into the criminal justice system without being able to collect any revenue from them would be a start towards creating, um, you know, public housing for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, this um, it's, it's not financially viable. No. I mean, and that's uh, not to derail you or anything here, but this is one of the one of the causes behind uh, people calling for defunding of police and why it's been a conversation around Austin. To subvert funding towards basically people who have been criminalized for existing nonviolent uh, uh, criminals. Yeah, it would be it would actually be much easier to fund resources uh, for people that are unhoused and instead of just treating them like riffraff, you know, which has been kind of like just the catch-all solution for decades. I remember hearing that basically vagrancy uh, has been outlawed entirely within Las Vegas, uh, you know, some years back. I don't know if that's changed, but that was the old rule of Las Vegas is if if you don't have a place to stay, then you can't be here. That's kind of wild to imagine um, just because Las Vegas is this sort of isolated city in the middle of a fucking desert. Like where do you push people out into the desert? You just push them to the outskirts of uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. Like you have, like you basically have just a zone where it's, you can get caught for vagrancy and uh, yeah, you're, you're given harsh fines and you have to like serve all, serve all this time and everything else. Um, Like I say, that was from, I want to say the 20th century. I don't know if they've changed that and tried to come around. I just, so we'll see if I catch to, up on that on, on another episode. Uh, Vegas <clears throat> seems like a place where probably a lot of people are able to easily kind of lose their shirts. Yeah. And oh. <laughs> uh, like a lot of cities, it probably, yeah, you're uh, so right. it probably, you know, has a similar situation where people who have to work downtown in the tourist industry cannot actually afford to live there. They should do what Australia does. And um, if you buy a flight to Vegas, like it has to be a round trip. Nobody can book a one-way flight to Vegas. <laughs> um, Not even know me. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there has been, um, uh, over the last few years, uh, more... I, people are, think, referring to it as, like, you know, anti-homeless policing and anti-homeless architecture and things like that. And uh, we've, we've seen that those things become more prevalent, uh, especially in urban settings and around Austin. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a damn shame that people can't get it together and start thinking about better ways to kind of tackle the problem instead of overburdening your criminal justice system. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, there, there are easy ways, easier ways to handle this. Hey everybody, it's Joe hopping in with your station break. I just want to take a moment to say thanks for listening to the show and for listening to KBSR, the finest in digital radio. Uh, KBSR is fully independent. You know, we keep things going with the help of our Patreon community. Uh, you can get up on that too. Go to blacksparrowmusicparlor.com slash radio to listen to the radio or just on the web on the home on the homepage there i'm fucking this one up uh look for the patreon link uh to go and become a supporting member we're working on some extra bonus content and we're working on the re-grand opening of black sparrow music parlor uh so especially if you're a page patron you can do a lot there also coming up is the black sparrow garage sale i want to say that's may 8th and 9th it's a uh, saturday and sunday 
Uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff going on there. You can either donate stuff if uh, you got some things you want to get out for some spring cleaning, uh, or you can come by and check out all the cool stuff all the cool people are selling. It's going to be fun. And again, big thanks to KBSR for having us on. We're approaching our one year anniversary. There's plenty of other shows that are hitting theirs right now. So this has been a good year of doing this and uh, putting these shows out. Yeah, go check out everything else on the network and uh, look for us on radio directories too. Uh, there's plenty of ways to find us. Well, that's enough of me. Let's get back to the show. So other bad bad legislative takes. And I have to apologize because I'm about to go full Nancy Grace, so you might want to turn down your volumes. But uh, okay. the Florida House of Representatives passed a bill banning transgender student athletes from playing sports within their gender and legalizes the genital inspection uh, of teenagers whose gender has been questioned. So that's just the latest transphobic legislation out of Florida. Uh, It sounds like a bad, horny 80s movie gag, but it's fucking real life. Uh, Genital inspections for trans women and girls are specifically approved in the bill to resolve disputes Uh, regarding the biological sex of a student athlete. Uh, It provides three means of determining eligibility if a kid is challenged on their gender. First, the inspection of the reproductive anatomy. Second, a test of genetic makeup. And third, uh, uh, providing proof of the normal endogenously produced testosterone levels. It's fucking horrible. Uh, Here's Representative, I guess I'll have a clip here. Here's Representative Omari Hardy. I find it interesting that we want to resolve claims about human rights by referring to the outcomes of elections. Earlier today, we heard a resolution about democratic socialism. And in the staff analysis, it talked about what kind of government we have and about how our government enshrines the rights of minorities into law because it is not enough for discrimination to be the will of the public. We believe in this country and protecting the rights of minorities, and that should include sexual minorities. It's ridiculous for people on the other side of the aisle to say that an election makes discrimination okay. Elections make discrimination against people who look like me okay. Elections make discrimination against people like my parents who are gay okay. It's I wish that what we did in this room was more about reason and less about power. I just wrote down skateboarding here. So I guess I just wanted to say uh, for all the benefits that uh, I'm told team sports confer on a child, whether or not they can use it to maybe get a scholarship to college, uh, learning teamwork, uh, learning about your own abilities and gaining confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, like what else? <clears throat> um, I don't know. I feel like teamwork is the largest part of it. It's kind teamwork of an, makes kind of an umbrella the dream term. work. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just might urge uh, parents of transgender children to consider skateboarding. Uh, it's a great way to use your body, and nobody has to um, make your child. Uh, prove their gender yeah. uh, in some really fucking disgusting ways. Uh, nobody gives a fuck. Uh, skateboarding is for everyone. A little closer to home, uh, Kai Shapley, a 10-year-old trans girl, uh, recently spoke before the Texas Senate Committee on State Affairs. 
as they consider two pieces of transphobic legislation, a bill that would criminalize gender-affirming medical care for youth, making it child abuse, and a second bill that would insert the government into doctor-patient relationships, uh, criminalizing some medical care and revoking the licenses of practitioners who disobey. Um, and I will insert a clip of Kai Shapley just being cute as a button. Hello, my name is Kai Shapley. Um, I love ballet, math, science, and geology. I spend my free time with my cats, chickens, FaceTiming my friends, and dreaming of when I will finally meet Dolly Parton. I do not like spending my free time asking adults to make good choices. I've been having to explain myself since I was three or four years old. Texas legislators have been attacking me since pre-K. I am in fourth grade now. When it comes to bills that target trans youth, I immediately feel angry. It's been very scary and overwhelming. It just, it makes me sad that some politicians use trans kids like me to get votes from people who hate me just because I exist. Thank you for being here. And uh, do we have any questions? Any questions for Kai? All right. Seriously, none of y'all want to know more about me? She claims that the twin bills would threaten her mom with child abuse and taking away her nursing license. Uh, she's been banned from the uh, girls' bathroom at her school for, forever. Uh, and, you know, here in Texas, from, from using the bathroom in public places. If she is out with her mom at mm -hmm. a park and she has to pee, her mom has to send her unattended into the men's room. So... Yeah. Glad that the uh, Texas Republicans are out there looking out for the kids and protecting them. It is weird to me just how concerned and interested uh, Republicans are in the genitals of the youth. Yeah. It's concerning. Yeah. It really is. I think it is. It's uh, it's backwards and disgusting um, what, what they say that they're going for and what they're ending up doing. Um, yeah. Fucking reprehensible. And it, it is... It's bullshit that it's like all over the nation. We were talking about Arkansas doing basically the same thing, uh, saying that, you know, medical providers can lose their license to operate for, you know, offering any of those services. Um, you know, parents are not allowed to do this. Like the state can come after the parent uh, for giving any kind of gender affirming anything to, <laughs> to their children. Um, yeah, it's insane. Yeah, they really like to get right up in... Uh, right up in people's business within their within their houses and mm -hmm. uh, uh, stand between women and children and their doctors and yeah. like right up in your uterus and it's just very very invasive it's uh, a weird, legislation here in Texas. It's a weird contradiction to uh, preach about small government mm -hmm. and like how you know we don't want you know the state being in everybody's business, but at the same time we are actually going to be in your orifices and right in, up in there. You know all your illegal bits. Like it's illegal to they're, show they're, those. They're right up in your whole bathing suit area. Yeah. <laughs> it's illegal for you to kind of really talk about that and show that in public. But uh, it, we do have the right to inspect it at our discretion. Hashtag like, what the keep, fuck, y'all? Hashtag keep Texas Republicans out of our bathing suit area. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> of course, also, you know, this week uh, there, there was a lot of news about different uh, officer-involved shootings. Uh, 
of course, he had uh, the shooting of the 13-year-old uh, in what, Chicago because a woman mis- mistook a, a, her handgun for a taser. You know, I'm not trying to pile on, though. And, are ta- I mean, are know, tasers anything like handguns? I mean, they're... They are, they actually, uh, the shape of them is modeled, is modeled the same. It has basically a grip and, uh, then somewhat of a barrel and, uh, yeah, it, it pops out some, uh, little electrodes with, with cables. So they have tasers where they don't need to be right up on a person. They actually step away and create some distance. Um, but yeah, it's, it's modeled just like a gun is. So there is that. However, it's also like bright yellow and uh, a, a different enough shape and probably a different weight that you would maybe think about that, like <laughs> just from, from a tactile uh, point, point of view, like picking it up is different than picking up a gun. Mm-hmm. And if you are trained properly, you would probably notice that as soon as you have it in your hands. I would think uh, we're still obviously waiting for the uh, ending remarks in the Derek Chauvin trial so that... Um, judgment may be rendered the jury will go into deliberation and everything and uh there was also news um about some kind of some comeback on things that had previously happened uh there was a woman in colorado uh who last year uh was arrested and and brutalized uh by police she had her arm dislocated and and broken you're talking about the clip that i was unfortunate enough to watch that's been going around the internet it's police body camera footage of a elderly woman with dementia being manhandled and brutalized by police it's really really hard to watch yeah yeah and uh there was also judgment on i want to say it was a 2006 or 2008 incident i can't remember but um uh but there was an officer uh carrie horn in uh, buffalo new york who, what had happened is uh, came upon a scene where uh, a, a fellow officer, a white guy, had a, a black man handcuffed and was just kind of wailing on him while other cops watched. And then as, as the man started to say that he couldn't breathe, he was put into a chokehold. Uh, Carrie Horn, a black woman, jumped in, and an officer uh, jumped in and broke off the chokehold and ended up getting like maybe I think trading some blows uh, sure. with this other guy. And um, what ended up happening is that she was uh, reassigned shortly thereafter and then fired uh, with, she had been on the force about 19 years and uh, was about to hit the 20th year to get pension. Uh. And they fired her just shy of that. It's disgusting. Yeah. And uh, so here we are, I want to say 12, 13 years later, and uh, the court has finally ruled that that was unjust and she is being awarded her pension. She's eligible for a pension now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the conversation that has been coming up, uh, well, how, how it's been posited, uh, I think, by Trevor Noah was that um, we are clearly not dealing with uh, a, few rotten op- a few rotten apples. We have a rotten tree that has a few good apples in it. Mm. Um, so it's it's... Hey man, it's hard to do uh, an episode where that's basically all we talk about is uh, police, uh, everything from children to uh, people with medical conditions, and uh, especially a lot of black people who are just brutalized by police on a daily basis. Essentially, we do acknowledge that that's going on, but we're not there. That's already all over your newsfeed. 
we're not going to be uh, trying to have you know really definitive takes. I think that we all understand that this is a horrible thing that needs addressed. Uh, we we do need to address police reform in this nation very very badly. And that's I think all, all that we have to say is about that is just to acknowledge it and uh, everybody stay vigilant and and you know what get mad. Go ahead and be mad. I did want to say, uh, what have I been thinking about lately? The um, So I've been thinking about living in a uh, scarcity society type society where maybe like civilization has collapsed. Uh, obviously, The Walking Dead made a huge impact on me that just lives rent free in my brain. This, this idea that society has collapsed and you have to survive. And I was thinking recently about you know, at least in the first couple seasons, you have all these people running from zombies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, hiding out in the woods, a lot of hiding out in the woods going on, uh, scavenging for food. They have to go into the populated areas to scavenge canned goods, dog food, whatever you might want to eat. Mm-hmm. And nobody is eating kudzu, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, is South South Carolina? Where do we decide Walking Dead occurs? Um, Georgia. Georgia. So I have a kudzu is uh, uh, the plant that ate the South. It grows mm-hmm. uh, very fast and covers everything. And, um, you know, uh, it has about the nutritional and vitamin content of spinach. I'm told can't eat the vines, but you can eat the leaves and the roots. Uh, it's popularly, also the roots are starchy too. So you can use it to, to make all kinds of food items that okay. you need starch for. Uh, widely eaten in Japan, the home of kudzu, the invasive species that ate the South. Nobody's eating kudzu. I just thought it was interesting. Um, also got to thinking about, um, 
you know, the ways that uh, insects are eaten throughout the world. And um, probably, uh, you know, we've got a we've got an insect diet waiting for us in the future. Uh, it is coming down the pike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I was trying to parse whether you meant uh, there's going to be a large influx of bugs and we'll have no choice but to just start eating them. Well, that could be true because uh, it's uh, the great cicada emergence of 2021 is wow. going to be happening. And I, there's just going to be a plentiful quantity of cicadas. Uh, we might have to start eating them. We'll have to, we'll have to eat our way out. <laughs> Unfortunately, the cicadas will not be emerging here in Texas. So this is not going to be an event that we get to enjoy. I mean, I feel like this happens on cycles. Like there are 17 years cicadas that have gone underground on different years. So yeah, every year every, a every, new batch emerges yeah. of the seventeen-year cicadas. Yeah, so aren't there also like thirty-two-year cicadas or something? I don't know, man. There's a lot of cicadas. They're cool. They're well, cool. they're cool little bugs. You know, I love talking about bugs, and I also love talking about what you can and can't eat. Uh, I don't know who out there. Um, maybe maybe you've eaten bugs recently. Um, uh, I think I had some. Cricket snacks about a year ago, ranch flavored. They were fine. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of ranch. Cool ranch crickets. Uh, some of us remember eating uh, bugs as a child. Yeah, not me. Carpenter ants, very sweet. Uh, so if I can, I might put something together for next week's show about dining out in a uh, scarcity type society where civilization has collapsed uh, because there are. Uh, so many things that can provide nutrition out there when you are running from zombies and you are trying to survive uh, that can meet all of your uh, nutritional needs uh, to keep on going. And remember to uh, keep your eyes open. Like when you are actively running from zombies, if you see uh, a a little beetle or something, just grab it, grab it. You're going to need that protein to keep running. Grab some dandelion greens mm-hmm. and uh, shove them in your mouth. You got to forage on the run. While you're going. Yeah. Uh, maybe we can do a crossover with Plow and Hose and talk about some of the wonderful, edible, uh, <laughs> plentiful weeds that are growing out outside in our yards. We'll do the Plow and Hose and Zombies uh, <laughs> episode. Cool. Well, uh, that's that's going to do it for this week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh We'll do a few things here. A, uh, if you're a local here in Taylor, uh, look into what elections are coming up. Get to know it a little bit and go out there and vote. Uh, and, of course, locally, I want to give thanks to Trevor Wren of the Mental State Fair for giving us use of that theme song, Dying in Texas, and Alex Cuervo of the Spectre of Static and many other projects for giving us all that music. Thanks to KBSR and the network for having us on. Uh, we got a lot of things in the works. Go check out everything at blacksparrowmusicparlor.com slash radio. Go check out the Patreon. And also, hey, thanks, Jen. Oh, you're for, welcome. For being here. Thank you, Joe. Being part of the show. Thanks for being you. Yeah. Doing what I can. Um, okay. Uh, right now, though, I am going to challenge you with the sign-off because I am super bad at it. Until next week, keep on fucking that chicken. <laughs> Uh, well, I think I'm bad at it too. Cut it, cut it, can it, that's it. <laughs> Sit down.